Hi there, I'm Sybil, and one day, I hit it big in the lottery. I had to hide it from my husband, whose only real interest in life was money. But before I tell you more, please don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell icon to show your support for me. I'd been married to Paul for about four years when it happened, and it was long enough for him to show his true colors. The Paul I dated and decided to marry was far from the Paul that I came to know in those four years of married life. It turned out my husband was a sucker for money, and he was ready to do just about anything for it. I realized this when, one night, as we were at my friend Carla's party, and an older woman approached him. As I heard it, the lady proposed that he be her trophy guy in exchange for cash. He didn't need to do anything. She just wanted some arm candy to show off to her friends during galas and functions. And he said yes, without hesitation, and without telling me. Like, I know he's my husband, not my property, but something like that just seems like a topic you should bring up with your wife, right? The list of examples of instances where Paul chose money over me is long and too painful to discuss. But let's just say he's far from being the ideal husband I had in my mind. I even overheard him joking around with a friend over the phone about only marrying me for my income potential. At least, I can admire him for his long-term vision and the way he plays the long game. Cause, I may be in an industry that pays well, but it's gonna be a while before I was gonna be making some serious money. When I heard that, though, it really cut me. My feelings for Paul were real. Those feelings were probably the only reason I stayed in the marriage, despite his many infractions against me. I was honestly considered leaving him and filing for divorce. But then, I got pregnant. At the time, I didn't even consider raising Kelly on my own. I didn't see the value of raising a child in a more stable, more responsible, single-parent environment, rather than bringing her up in an arrangement where one parent was mostly absent and highly unreliable. If I'd known back then what I know now, we would have saved everyone, most of all, my daughter, a whole lot of trouble. When I told Paul about my pregnancy, he got really agitated. Do you know how expensive a kid is? How much work it will take? How am I supposed to enjoy my 20s? I'm supposed to be traveling, enjoying what the world has to offer, said Paul. If he wanted so much freedom, maybe you shouldn't have gotten married then, I replied. That shut him up. The trouble with Paul is that he wanted to do a lot of things, but he never wanted to work towards his dreams. He always found a way to make someone else fund his projects, pay for his travels, and everything else in between. I doubt he even truly worked a day in his life. When I met him, I thought he was just the artsy, nomadic type, and those qualities attracted me to him. Seeing as my job as a programmer relied on logic and tended to chain me to my desk, unfortunately, I was really bad at noticing the red flags. Not only was he nomadic in nature, which by itself is not a bad thing at all, but he was also a professional freeloader. I'm very easygoing and gullible, so whenever Paul would give me some excuse to why he couldn't pay for our dates, I paid. When he told me he quit his job because he was getting treated poorly, I believed him. And even when I found out that he hid the fact that it was his parents who paid for our wedding and not him, contrary to the story he sold me, I looked the other way. I have to admit, if I was just a bit harder on him, if I just left when things got too sketchy, I wouldn't have ended up marrying a gold digger. But that's much easier said than done. I loved Paul, and I was always afraid of losing him. So as much as I could, I just did and said whatever kept the peace. 
when he said he would go off to an oil rig for work, I thought he'd finally seen some sense. I believe that the thought of having a child finally pushed him out of his carefree ways and instilled some sense of responsibility. I thought that because he told me so, and it turned out, much like everything else Paul told me, that was also a lie. For the first year of his daughter's life, Paul was completely absent. He'd always tell me that work was hectic and that he couldn't get time off. Instead, I found out that he'd quit after six months and was living with the older woman he met at Carla's party. I was beyond furious and hurt. Unfortunately, the part of me that was hurt won. And instead of getting mad, I just got sad. And sad me always fell for Paul's sweet words. So, like the easily convinced, easily appeased woman that I was, I welcome Paul back in my life, a full year into my own daughter's birth. By now, he must be thinking, this lady doesn't learn. Ever. At this point, she deserves it. Maybe. But even though I forgive a thousand times, I never forget. And I do learn. And that's why, when I won the lottery by means of a fluke, I never told Paul. See, I was just passing by the gas station that day. I didn't even need to fill up. I was picking up Kelly from my sister's place when she began throwing a tantrum. And usually, afternoon tantrums from Kelly meant she wanted a snack. I went into the convenience store, and as I was about to check out, I saw that they sold lottery tickets. It was only a second. A second when my brain went there. To that dream of becoming a millionaire. Vacationing in tropical beaches, and not needing to exist paycheck to paycheck. And you know what? In that second... I told myself, why not? Why not dream? It won't hurt to play once, right? I didn't even know that I'd won until two days after the draw had happened. To me, the ticket was just an impulse buy I allowed myself and quickly forgot. I knew the odds were astronomical, so the shock at finding out that I'd won was, well, just as astronomical. I knew immediately that Paul must never, ever know. It wasn't a crazy huge jackpot, but it made me a millionaire. I opted against the lump sum option and chose to have the money sent to me in installments. That made the most sense to me. That way, I wouldn't end up spending all of it like most lottery winners tended to do. I opened a bank account in my daughter's name and had the money deposited there. I knew Kelly's well-being and quality of life was at least guaranteed if I managed the money right and invested a good portion of it. And knowing that, I gained more confidence about leaving Paul. Although I still loved him, I understood that he was in no shape to be a husband or a father. So I decided to keep the secret. I lived and worked as normal, all while knowing that I had a million and change burning a hole in Kelly's bank account. Whenever Paul asked me for gas money or for his phone bill, I would only tell him I was just as strapped as he was and that all I was earning went directly into her household expenses and Kelly's needs. One night, he lost it. Didn't I warn you having that kid was gonna be expensive? He yelled. I was done listening to him blame everything on our daughter. And so, I shot back. Maybe if you'd get off your ass once in a while and get a job that you can actually keep, you'd have enough money to feed yourself. You don't even have to worry about your wife and child because we can actually take care of ourselves. Paul slapped me across my face. And for me, that was the moment I lost all love and respect for Paul. Yeah, he was a deadbeat before then, but he never laid a hand on me. The moment that he did, 
I was done. I called the police on him, and then I hired a lawyer. Our divorce proceedings were quick and easy. The judge ruled in my favor as far as custody of Kelly was concerned, mostly owing to the fact that he implicitly stated that he wanted nothing to do with her and that apparently Paul didn't have the cleanest record, according to the courts. That was news to me. I must have been so naive to have married a man and to not even catch a whiff that he was a convicted felon. As soon as our divorce was finalized, Paul ran to his sugar mommy with haste, and I was finally free to spend some of my winnings without him getting in the way. I moved most of my money to my account after leaving a good portion of it towards Kelly's college fund. Half of what was left, I invested. I hired a financial manager, and I followed her advice through and through. I sold the house we lived in and bought a bigger, nicer one that was on the same street as Paul and his sugar mama. I bought myself a new car and new clothes, and I bought everything my daughter needed that I never had the chance to. I flaunted my wealth for Paul's benefit, but I made sure I was still spending responsibly. I just wanted to do it so he could see us. I wanted him to see what he missed out on, and I knew he did, seeing as we lived on the same street. Every morning when I took Kelly to daycare, I would see him stare at my car. And whatever luxury he saw me and Kelly enjoying, he'd ask for the same from his new girlfriend. Eventually, he ran the poor old lady's business to the ground. She hired Paul as a manager, and Paul, being Paul, he hardly lifted a finger. It took less than a year for the business to crumble and for the lady's money to run out. Paul was, after all, a big spender with no money to spend. Sure enough, the moment his sugar mama ran out of sugar, Paul left her. Funny story. He came back to me. He begged me to forgive him, but I'd finally learned my lesson. I turned him away. That was when he got mad. He threatened to sue me. He told me since we were married when I won the lottery, he was entitled to half of my winnings. Fortunately for me, I had a good lawyer and his claim was utter nonsense. Especially since he, not once, put a single cent into our family. I promptly took a restraining order against him. I hadn't seen him since. Last I heard, he got picked up by the cops again after trying to break into some old lady's mansion. I'm just happy I left when I left. If you ever come across Paul and you have a dollar to your name, run.